How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are back at it again, the outlaw gospel. I'm the outlaw preacher. Now, the world hates this gospel. They hate this Christ, the true Christ, the true gospel of salvation by grace through faith, by belief alone in the Lord God, Jesus Christ alone. This is the truth, the way, the life, and this is the only way there is, the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, the name of Jesus Christ. And the world will oppose this and try to shut it down, oppose it, censor it, delete it. And uh, they'll mock it, scoff it, ridicule it in every way. But we hold the line, we hold the faith, we, we uh, stand fast in, in the, the faith as we have been taught, as we have been given, and we will not bow to the world's image. So with that, I'm the outlaw preacher, Brother Matthew, and we're going to continue on here with our study of the Gospel of Matthew. So please grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. And we are down to verse 17. So come join me there, and uh, bring your tea, bring your coffee, grab your snacks, whatever it is you're having, and come join us at the table and if you have any comments, questions, issues, insights regarding the study at hand, please, by all means, go ahead, ask away. Be glad to hear from you. If it's not related to the topic at hand, if you just hold that to the end of the study or to our next broadcast, as we want to try to limit our rabbit trailing, we try, not always successful, but we try. And uh, yeah, all righty. How's it going, folks? Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Chassie. Thank you so much for joining in. And what are you folks having for breakfast? I am I got my black coffee here. I've tried to cut back on the sugar and the milk and all that, and I've gotten to the point where I actually prefer black coffee now. Uh, some people don't like it. I think that's disgusting, but eh, I like it. I'm bitter enough to enjoy the bitter coffee. <laughs> Okay, so on that note, all right, so we back up a little bit here. Skip breakfast, okay. All right, so we back up here a little bit in chapter 26. We see uh, what's happening here uh, with uh, Mary who anointed Christ. And Judas Iscariot getting mad because Jesus told him off as he started attacking Mary for uh, uh, her anointing of Christ and he uh, condemning her good works uh, in her service, her worship of Jesus Christ. Anything you bring to Jesus to give to him, to bless him with, to, to honor him with, to, uh, to lift him up in praise and, and adoration and admiration... That is not a waste, whether it be time, service, work, money, substance, whatever. Whatever you bring to him, give to him is not a waste. And the Lord will bless it. He'll honor it. Those who honor me, I will honor. We see Christ honoring Mary for what she did and his defense of her. Defending her. And Judas getting mad at this and no repentance, no remorse, no conviction, nothing. There's nothing. 
and uh, he just gets mad and he goes and he uh, approaches the the chief priests and all that and they covenant uh, with make a covenant with him for 30 pieces of silver if he will betray jesus to them we looked at a number of different uh, aspects of this details of this um spe uh, specifically as well about the 30 pieces of silver which is really interesting there's a, a point made there uh, back in Zechariah, uh, uh, combining with Exodus uh, regarding this. Please check that out. And also, um, I did a previous message. Uh, you may have seen it called, uh, you see the title card, Evidences, on um, the, the idea of asymptomatic salvation. And uh, as a message I brought at church on Sunday. And... Uh, it's quite interesting you look at this when you combine that with the idea here of judas and him having no conviction no remorse there's no signs no evidence nothing uh that would denote his belief on the lord rather we see the opposite uh so please check out that message um asymptomatic salvation and uh, let me know what you think i know it's a controversial topic uh, but the Bible is quite clear on this, as, as well as we take a look at the point that is made in Hebrews uh, chapter 6. Um, let me take a look at Hebrews chapter 6 real quickly here, just for a moment. And ver chapter, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation things that accompany salvation so just that point right there what does what does accompany salvation uh what what things uh, will be made manifest is it possible the, the point i make in my message is that is it possible you could you could have the very spirit of the living god living inside of you and there would be absolutely zero evidence zero sign is it possible? No, that's not possible. If you disagree, please check out my video as I have tons of uh, scripture and stuff that I use to back up the point and let me know uh, how and where you disagree on that. All right, so that message is also in line uh, as we're talking about Judas and Judas Iscariot. Some people believe that he was saved, that he was a, uh, that he was a believer and he lost salvation. Some believe that he... that different things about it but uh, i have a pretty pretty good uh, point on what i make regarding judas how uh, jesus even says he's the son of perdition it would be better for him had he never been born uh he jesus wouldn't say that about someone who was a christian he wouldn't say that about someone who was saved um and you can't lose salvation so some people believe that well well judas was specifically made to be the betrayer and that god intended it that for to happen and that he couldn't have gotten saved anyways no that's a bunch of nonsense god doesn't specifically create people to be hellfire fodder that does not happen so a lot of things to look at in here but we're going to be taking a look here at matthew 26 and the continuation of this chapter down in verse 17 so turn your bible there and uh it, again, if there's something you see, something pops up, if you have any uh, thoughts on this what, what, uh, as we're going along, please feel free to chime in. All right, so time to study the Word of God.
Okay. <clears throat> now, in Matthew 26, we see that uh, from uh, verse 15, where Judas meets them, and they covenant with him for 30 pieces of silver. Verse 16, and from that time, from that point right there, he sought opportunity opportunity to betray him, to betray Jesus. So we see he's keeping hate. He's keeping unforgiveness. He's keeping anger and bitterness against Christ. It, he's keeping in himself, he's holding iniquity in his heart. Now, that's an interesting one. We take a look at Psalm 66. Oh, went past it. Psalm 66, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart to, to hold, to meditate upon, to not let go. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So we see the Lord opposes this. And uh, the hold, holding this, this shows unrepentance, no remorse, no conviction of righteousness. So right there, that speaks to the nature of his unsaved state. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. Now, verse 17. Now the, first day, now, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? Now, the Passover, uh, pretty much everyone knows, but over it anyways, is a tradition, traditional feast that they would hold uh, to commemorate that their being freed from the bondage of Egypt. Uh, the Lord delivered them by the plagues, uh, as the Lord used the hand of Moses to speak against Pharaoh in Egypt and to deliver the people. And Pharaoh wouldn't, 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 and, and you know the big battle of all that. And, and uh, it's interesting too. Just a side note here for us, Rabbit Trail. Is uh, if you take a look at the plagues. Uh, the plagues upon Egypt were uh, very specific. Now, these weren't just, you know, the Lord's like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. No, uh, let's do this. No, it wasn't that. The, each plague actually was a specifically targeted plague to target one of the gods of Egypt. Uh, either they had a god for for a whole bunch of different kinds of things, and each plague was specifically done uh, in a means to tear down, to destroy, to invalidate that one specific god of Egypt. We even see, for example, like uh, the plague of darkness. That's against the Egypt, the false Egyptian god Ra, which is the sun god. Then we see the plague uh, uh, turning the, the the Nile red with blood. That's against the Nile god. So each one of these was spe uh, specifically against one of the Egyptian gods. And then finally, we see the, the final plague uh, where the, the angel of death was coming. The judgment of God was coming upon uh, Egypt. And, and uh, the Lord warned them that whoever uh, did not mark their doorposts as the Lord uh, had instructed, you take the, a lamb and you would kill it you would take its blood and you anoint the doorpost and the lintel and then you prepare the the, the lamb for the meal and uh eat and uh, if you did not mark your doorpost and lintel if god did not see the blood 
that the firstborn would die. That's the judgment that the Lord brought upon them. And that by this uh, finally broke Pharaoh and he allowed them to leave. And you know the rest of the story. Yeah. So if we take a look here at that uh, a continuation of keeping this promise uh, of God and uh, his deliverance and all this uh, to commemorate this, they would hold once a year the, the feast of Passover uh, to, to honor the Lord and to thank the Lord, to praise the Lord for what he did for them. Now, we're seeing something different here. And this is what I kind of want to talk about here today is, is verse 18. And he said, go into the city to such a man and say to him, the master saith, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. So the disciples asked Jesus, okay, where, where do you want to go to do this? Because they would go back to Jerusalem. Uh, all the Jews would go to Jerusalem to join together in this. And they would join in all the, uh, the, the lodging houses are, are most homes of what they did a tradition was they would have a guest room or a guest house or a portion of their home that they would lend out to people during this time so you would go to a random house say do you have a room available and they would say yeah and you were allowed to do that that's was just a custom and so they asked jesus where do you want to do this and jesus says go into the city and you'll, you'll see uh, such a man at this place and say to him, the master saith, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house. So they would go there. So Jesus told them where to go. Now, the point that I want to see here, and I want to focus on, is in verse 18. And he said, go into the city to such a man and say to him, the master saith, my time is at hand. Right here. I will keep the Passover. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. I will keep the Passover. Now, if you remember, in the story of the Exodus, let's go back. Turn to Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. And there's a few verses here I want you to focus on. If you're into underlining, highlighting, or marking in your Bible, you can do so with uh, these points that I'll be showing you. So Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall... Now look at this. Take to them every man a lamb. Now, you'll note, you'll note here the change. Take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Verse 4. And if the household be too little for the lamb, now look at this. Watch the change. For the lamb let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb now look at verse 5 
your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. So you see, a lamb, the lamb, your lamb. There is a lamb. A lamb, a, a, a lamb that is given, as John the Baptist says, behold, the lamb of God. So you see, it's, it's not personal yet. We see the presentation. Now we see verse 5, the, per, uh, the personal acceptance, your lamb. You, you see a lamb. You hear about the lamb. There's only one way, one truth, one life. There's only one lamb. There aren't multiple lambs. You see, there's a lamb that you've come across uh, that, that you heard about, and you focus on this one, and you learn that he is the way, the truth, the life. And he is the Lamb of God. There's only one, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. And you believe upon this one, and it becomes your Lamb. Your Lamb. Now, this as well, we see something interesting. Why the Lamb? This goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. It goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Now, when Adam and Eve sinned against the Lord, and we see they, they did not asked the Lord about the about uh, the fruit of the tree they were deceived by the serpent now the serpent in Genesis 3 the serpent is more subtle than all the beasts of the field now I'm looking for a verse here yeah in verse 21 of Genesis chapter 3 we see Adam and Eve sinned against the Lord, and, and by Adam's transgression, sin came upon the world. We see the, ju the, the God's judgment upon the serpent, which is Lucifer. We see his judgment upon Adam and Eve and all this, and now they, are, they have fallen in sin, and they have been separated from God. Their sins have separated them from God. But also that Adam and Eve were naked, and look at verse 21 of Genesis 3. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Now, it does not say where he got the skins to make the coats, the covering for Adam and Eve. But, we can theorize based upon uh, uh, what the Lord then teaches them is because they've sinned against the Lord, their sins have separated them, and they are now in their shame that God, that, that the first thing that occurs because of this is a death and shedding of blood. The death of innocence and the shedding of blood for the covering of sin. The death of innocence and the shedding of blood for the covering of sin. Now, right after this, the Lord teaches Adam and Eve about, about the atonement for sin of the sacrifice. And that it's the, the death and the shedding of blood of a lamb. As we see by Abel. Abel carrying out this instruction of God. And Cain brings the works of his hands. He rejects the counsel of God, he rejects the instruction of God, and he brings the works of his own hands. 
the fruit of his labor. He was a farmer, so he brought vegetables. And he thought that because of how hard he worked and the sweat he poured into this, and that, that God would be pleased with this, and this would be sufficient. He presumed upon the Lord. Instead of just accepting what the Lord says, instead of going to the Lord and asking, he just presumed his own presumption, and he brought the, his own works before God, and God rejected it, of course, because sin requires blood and death. As it says in Hebrews chapter 9, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So that has to be a death and shedding of blood. Um, you can't kill vegetables and shed the blood of vegetables. That doesn't work. So we see that the, the point I'm making is the sacrifice itself is a lamb that dies and its blood is shed. That uh, when you go through here, we see as uh, Jesus uh, giving himself as the lamb for our, for our sins, that we, we can theorize that the coats that God made Adam and Eve were sheepskin. Sheepskin coats. That's what I believe. That's my opinion. That's my theory. That's uh, how I see it when I'm reading this. That's what I got in my personal studies. If you disagree, that's that's entirely your choice. You can, you don't have to uh, listen to that. But that's what I get from here. Now, the point that I want to make here is we see a lamb, the lamb, all the way through, all the way through scripture, which is a representation of the fall of sin. Representation of the fall of sin. Now, if we go back to the Gospel of Matthew, back to the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, I will keep the Passover. Now, it was the blood of the lamb that was marked upon the doorpost and the lintel that God did not look inside the home to see who was worthy. Works are rejected by God. He doesn't, he doesn't look to see if you're, if you're righteous enough, if you're good enough. The investigative judgment doctrine is a bunch of nonsense, false doctrine. God isn't going to investigate to see if you're worthy. He's not going to weigh your good against your bad. It's not about how much works you've done, how many laws you've kept, or any of that kind of thing. He looks for the blood. He looks for the blood. The blood upon the doorposts of your heart. The blood upon, upon your heart that has washed away your sins. Uh, his blood shed atones for the sins of the whole world. Of those that believe upon him. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now Jesus says, I will keep the Passover. The new covenant. The new lamb. Of the Passover, of the judgment of sin. All those that do not have the blood will die. Will die the death of hell. Will die the death of hell. And this is the second death, whose names are not found written in the Lamb's book of life. And then we take the blood of the Lamb of God, mark it upon the doorpost and the lintel of our heart. And when the Lord, when the Spirit of the Lord looks upon us, the judgment of God passes over us. The judgment of God passes over us. And Jesus says, I will keep the Passover. I will keep it. It will not be lost. You will not be judged. Let's take a look at Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. 
There is therefore now no condemnation. No condemnation. To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So we, we're walking in the Spirit because this is, our, this is our new life, our new way. This is our truth. This is our life. We're walking in Him. We're in the newness of Him. We're changed in Him. We're no longer after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We're no longer under the law. We're under grace. There is now, therefore, no condemnation. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never let you go. You're held in my hand. Nothing can pluck you out. That means you can't pluck yourself out either. We see the promise of this. No condemnation. I will keep it. I will keep the judgment to always pass over you. Now, what is the new Passover for the saints? Communion. The communion table. The communion table. And this is the covenant in my blood. This is the new covenant in my blood. We're no longer under the old covenant. The covenant is changed under the covenant of Jesus Christ. It's not a contract. It's a covenant. The uh, contract is between two people. I do my part. You do your part. We work to the outcome. A covenant is a promise of one person and is not uh, uh, hinged upon you. They will keep it regardless of you. It's a covenant, not a contract. It's a promise of God, which cannot be broken. Uh, the pro this is the new covenant in my blood. Not the old blood, the blood of bulls and of goats and, and of sheep, uh, which uh, could not take away. But it's uh, uh, by the promise, the covenant of Jesus Christ, of the one-time atonement. It was given once, done once, and it is finished. And it is marked upon your heart. The blood of Jesus Christ is marked upon your heart. Though your sins be as scarlet, they should wash whiter than snow. Though they be red like crimson, they should wash white like wool. And he seals you. He holds you. And no judgment will come upon you. This is the promise. I will keep. I will keep. And we see in John chapter 1, verse 13, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, the blood, it says here, which were born not of blood, that means the blood of man. That we cannot shed our blood for it. It's not possible that we could shed our blood for it. Nor of the will of the flesh, not by the power of flesh, works, righteous works, law keeping. Nor of the will of men. We have no power in this. We cannot will ourselves saved and we have no power in this. But of God. It's all of the power of God. Acts 20, 28. God purchased the church with his own blood. So we see something very powerful in this. The promise, even in the very wording that Jesus gives here. I will keep the Passover. I will, that, and we also look at the word to keep. Now this is verse 18. So we see in Matthew chapter 26, verse 18. And you see, I will keep. And a Greek word, if I can try to read this. Poi, poieo, poieo. That means to make, uh, which means to make or do. We see to keep, to work. So we see the language here is that it's not uh, us that enacts the covenant. We cannot make it, earn it. We cannot keep it. We cannot do it. It's not. A, it's not about us. It's not up to us. It's by the power of Jesus Christ alone. 
That's why the Lord says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. Because it's the boast of God. As he, he wrought our salvation with his right arm. It's the boast of God, not the boast of man. It's the blood of God, not the blood of man. It's by the will of God, not the will of man. By grace, the unmerited favor of God, through faith, believing trust, are ye saved. And not of yourselves. Jesus says, I will keep the Passover. Now we see and back in, in the land of Egypt during the time of the deliverance here, God promised. He made a promise. He made a covenant with Israel. He made a covenant with all the people. If you would mark your door, doorposts with the blood as I have instructed you, I will pass over you. If you mark your door as I told you, I will pass over. It was a promise of God. And the Lord says, If you believe in the gospel as I have told you, my judgment will pass over you. Your name will be found written. There is now therefore no condemnation in which you are in Christ Jesus. I will always be with you. I will keep you. Jesus says, I will keep the Passover. God says, I will keep you. I will keep you. It's my power, my hand. It's my blood, my spirit, my promise, not yours. It's a covenant, not a contract. I will keep the Passover. This is what he says. Now, I was reading through this. And I know I've, I've read this passage tons and tons and tons and tons of times before. And it was this time I read through and these, these three words I will keep in Matthew 26, 18. I, I will keep. These three words just jumped out at me. I had never seen it like this before. That, that, that he, he said, said it like this. Because this is what it means. This is why he says it, that Jesus doesn't talk flippantly. Every word, everything he says is for a purpose. There's a reason. There's a reason why he says what he says and how he says it. That God chooses the words that he says very, very carefully. I will keep the Passover at thy house thy house and we are all built together into a spiritual house we are living temples of the living god the lord seals us if ye abide in me and my word abides in you and and we see that the spirit of god lives in us our our bodies are the abode of the holy spirit of god he lives in us as, as a house, a spiritual house. Did, have you marked your house? Does he keep the Passover, the promise of the deliverance, the promise of salvation from the second death? Does he, does he seal you? Does he mark you? Is he living you? Have you believed upon him? Have you obeyed the gospel? 
to obey the gospel, as scripture says. And what is that? To believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord has said, as the Lord has given. God commands all men everywhere to repent. Repent and believe the gospel for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. But it's not in our hands. You couldn't mark the doorpost any other thing. You can't trick God. You can't use red dye. You can't use red paint. You can't, you can't use your own blood. You can't use anything else. You can't use any other blood of any other thing or anything else that's red. God knows. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. Only by the blood of God, Acts 20, 28, God purchased the church with his own blood. Only by the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed upon the cross for our sins can we be delivered from the second death. Such a power. There's su su such a, a way that the Lord says this. It means so much to us. A promise of God. A promise of God. I will keep it. And, and uh, this uh, picture that I have up here. The Lord did not check who inside the house was worthy. He checked for the blood on the doorposts. None of us is worthy. Only the blood of Jesus can cover us. I saw this a while back. I, I actually forget where, where I got this from. There's someone else that posted it. I forget who it was. It's been a while now. And it's just, it, it, it is so apropos. It's so powerful that whoever is the author of this, you know, props that this is excellent, excellent way, way to look at the gospel. Absolutely excellent. And we see that the Lord brings a promise that they hadn't even gone to the Passover yet, but the Lord is making the promise. He says, 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 go and prepare it and I will keep it. Okay. Now, now you go and prepare and I will keep it. All right, well, how do we prepare? What is that which we do that is the preparation of this? How do we prepare? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. What is that which the Lord has told us to do? You see, Jesus gave an instruction to his disciples, go and do this and I will do this. I have a promise I will keep. What did they do? They listened. And they believed. They listened and they believed. And because they believed, they went uh, They went here and we see the Lord sealed the house. He promised it. We see we hear the gospel. We believe the gospel. What happens when we believe the gospel? What, what, what happens? What occurs? Ephesians 1. See in Ephesians 1. Verse 13. In whom ye also trusted... That's believing, trust, that's faith. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, there's the preparation, you believe, you are sealed. Believe, you're sealed. You see, some people misunderstand this. They think that the preparation is works. You have to do, I have to do this. I have to get myself ready. I have to, uh, I have to clean the house first. I have to make everything ready and acceptable before the Lord can see me. No, 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 no. Because you're not the one that cleanses. He's the one that cleanses. He's the one that cleanses. Jesus Christ cleansed the temple. 
He kicked everything that was wicked out. And it was only him in the temple teaching the people. We see that's a, a foreshadowing picture image of this. Uh, the Lord, that, that the Lord comes in and he cleanses the temple. We are all uh, lively temples. And Jesus Christ lives in the heart of every believer, Ephesians 3.17. And he seals, he cleanses. And uh, after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. This is something that's just, it's so powerful. It means so much when we take a look at this. The promise of God, that uh, just as the scriptures say, in the volume of the book, it is written of me. It's all about him. Going all the way back to Moses, going all the way back to Adam. The promise of the blood of the Lamb to Abraham and Isaac and the ram amounts Mount Moriah, which is Mount Golgotha, to the deliverance of Moses. And we see even, even after this, that uh, when the Israelites even came to the promised land, they're at the river Jordan. Moses did not bring them into the promised land. He brought them up to the river Jordan. But he was not allowed to cross over. Yet Moses is a representation of the law. The law does not bring us unto life. We read the book of Galatians. For if there had been a law which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But it's not. They're no longer under the law, but under grace. And we see it was handed over to Joshua, who is the one that brought them in. Now, the name Joshua, incidentally, we see in Hebrew, is Yeshua. Yeshua which is the name of Christ in Hebrew, which is just quite interesting. I mean, really, when you take a look at this and see Joshua as a, as a, as a picture a, a Christ picture brings them into the promised land. Now he brings them to the river Jordan. The waters of judgment are right there. And when, uh, the, when they obeyed the Lord, as the Lord told them that the priests go into step, but before their foot even touched the water, the waters, rolled all the way back to the city of Adam the waters were rolled back all the way back to the city of Adam what are the odds the gospel pictures in, in all of this all throughout the scriptures the, of the promise of God all the way down through it's all a representation of the grace of the salvation of the redemption of the power of the hand of God and we see Jesus Christ, God, manifested in the flesh. The Word, which is God, that became flesh and dwelt among us. God was manifested in the flesh. Jesus Christ, the true God and eternal life. And he says, I will keep the Passover. I will keep the promise, as I've always said, as I've always presented it, as it's always been, by the death and the shedding of blood of a lamb, which goes all the way back to Adam. All the way back to Adam, the promise. The sins are rolled all the way back to Adam. And it's the same promise that I gave to Adam. It's the same promise I give to you. God doesn't change. God doesn't change. His ways don't change. We see the only change here is the covenant of blood. As these, these before were a foreshadowing picture image to represent. To represent the Christ that would come. And he finally came and he says, now, as you see, it's me. It's in me, in my blood, in my covenant of my promise. This is the covenant of my blood, Jesus says. 
Not yours, not anyone else's. It's me. It's in my name. No one else's. My, by my power, by my works, by my virtue, my righteousness, as Jesus says. It's all in him. It's all in him. Jesus says in, in Matthew 26, 18, I will keep the Passover. There is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. The Passover of God. The Passover of God. To, to see the communion table as the Christian Passover. The Christian Passover. We're no longer under the law. Where where we we see the uh, the story of the of the the animal the lamb and how they they ate the flesh and and uh, they marked the blood and Jesus says says except ye eat my flesh not the flesh of animals except ye eat my flesh and drink my blood and we see how they how, how they ate the flesh and they used the blood to mark the doorposts we see now that uh, it's by the 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 body of Christ and the blood of Christ, which the bread and the wine represent, representations of what he has done. That the bread represents his body, which is broken. He was broken for us. The flesh of the lamb and the Passover of the Israelites, how he was broken for them to eat, to, 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 to give them strength and life to prepare them now for, for the journey. But the blood is used to mark the doorposts. We see that by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. So we see we eat we eat by taking in, by belief. It's a belief of the heart, not the mind. It's of the heart. Confess the belief of your heart upon Him. And the blood then is marked upon the doorposts of your heart. You see this? Do you see this? Please tell me you see this. It's so, so powerful. It's so meaningful. And how when we look at things like this, we, we see the absolute, just ridiculous absurdity of the works-based Gospels. The absurdities of the idea that I could do, I can earn to gain, I can maintain to keep, I can atone for. That somehow, some form, it's in my hand to do to keep. To say that, it is to say that the covenant of Jesus Christ is false. That it's not a covenant. It's a contract. That the blood on the doorpost is insufficient. Did God look in the homes to see if they were worthy to justify his passing over? Did he? In any way, shape, or form. No. What did he look for only? What was the only thing that he looked for? The blood. Jesus says this is the new covenant in my blood. What's the only thing that the Lord looks for? The blood of Jesus Christ. Because what is the only thing that can atone for sin? Blood. Not works. How could you say that your works in some way are a requirement? Because when it, the Bible flat out says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. In Acts 10.43, that your sins are forgiven when you believe upon his name. That it's by grace, through faith, by the blood, by his name. 
and and it says not by works not by righteous works not by works of the law how can then we presume like cain how can we presume to bring anything of our own that's entirely what the point of the story of cain is about because he did not accept the blood he brought something of his own and god rejected it and in it and in egypt those that did not mark with with the blood we see the firstborn died death death will come upon all those who are not marked by the blood of christ it's not about the works it's not about the righteous works it's not about the deeds of the law it's not about religiosity it's not about anything of me it's about the passover of god not the passover of man not the passover of man it's the passover of god he will pass over us now another interesting picture when we take a look at this to the the passover to pass over when you do a study on the hebrew and the greek of this this means that the god says and i will pass over you he will he will pass by he'll see the blood and he will come over he will he will hover over to protect and fight for that this is actually what the meaning of the word is the picture of this the symbolism is that god says that when i see the blood i will hover over you and fight for you that death will not come to you jesus says i am your advocate i'm your mediator i'm your intercessor i'm your redeemer i am your sanctification i am your righteousness i am your wisdom i will fight for you i will never leave you nor forsake you that all those who believe in me shall never die the promise of him that he will fight for you and that there's nothing you could do to cause him to not fight for you he's your shepherd and he'll fight off the wolves the bears the lions by his rod and his staff he fights for us he protects us he guides us as you see in ezekiel where the lord says i am your shepherd you're my sheep and he says this a dozen times uh, the lord is my shepherd what does the shepherd do he fights for the sheep jesus says i am the good shepherd my sheep hear my voice and i know them they follow me and i give unto them eternal life the shepherd fights for his sheep the Lord promises that those that are his, those that are his sheep, those that have believed on him, those that are marked by the blood of the Lamb of God, the Spirit of God will fight for you, he'll keep you, he will hold you, he will pass over you. And he says, I will keep. We see in Ephesians 4.30, it, it flat out says that uh, about the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. As they go be with the Lord, or uh, or the uh, either in death, the second coming of Christ, He will seal you. The seal of God, which is permanent, the permanency of the seal of God. Look at this. Look at this. Matthew twenty six eighteen. I will keep the Passover. I will keep it. I will keep it. Now, why does He say that? because we can it was up to us if it was left up to us we would damn ourselves to hell in five minutes or less guaranteed hands down not even a question we are so incapable we are so incompetent we are so corrupted we are sinners saved by grace kept by grace 
God keeps us because we can't keep ourselves. The sheep stray. The sheep stray. How many times do we stray in a day? Whether in thought, word, or action. How many times do we do in a day? How many times do we fall in the mud? How many times do we wind up like the prodigal? How many times do we sin against God in a day? You want to get depressed? Keep a notepad. Every time you sin by thought, word, or action, just put a little check mark on the page. You'll throw the uh, you'll throw the notebook out within a, within a very short while. But that shows the grace of God. The power of God. And this isn't even mentioning sins of ignorance. As it says in, in the Psalms about sins of ignorance. That means sins you aren't even aware of that you sinned. You had no idea that these were even sins. But God knows. Sins of ignorance. Sins of presumption. Where you presume upon, you presume, you think it's okay. Sins of ignorance, sins of presumption. And then willful sin. All sin is willful sin. As we see this, that the grace of God that he keeps us because we can't keep ourselves. That's why he says, I will keep the Passover. This is what God promised. He says, if you mark with the blood, I will keep the promise. I will pass over you. And God cannot lie. God cannot lie. I will keep the Passover at thy house. We are the abodes of the Spirit of God. He lives within us. We are the house of God. God does not live in buildings and structures made by hands. He doesn't live in temples and, and tabernacles anymore. He lives in the hearts of the saints. What know ye not? Ye are the temple of God which is in you, and ye are not your own. You've been bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. You've been bought by the price, which is what? Death and blood. Death and blood. Without, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. The wages of sin is death. We see death and blood is the price. And we've been purchased by the riches of his grace, by the redemption of Christ. Ephesians 1.7 power of this the might of this in these simple words look at this i bet you've never seen it like this before matthew 26 18 i will keep the passover when the time comes we stand before the lord we're standing before the lord and we know that we are not worthy but we're dressed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ the righteousness of the Saints which is the righteousness of Jesus Christ which is given to the Saints given to every believer that believes upon him it's not our works but it's the work of Jesus Christ what shall we do they might work the works of God this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent because it's all of him if first Corinthians 1 30 he is our righteousness we stand before the Lord on that day clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and our names found written in the Lamb's book of life because he wrote it there. We're dressed in the white robes because he gave those to us and the Lord says, my judgment will pass over you. I will keep this promise. Believe on me. Let your heart be marked by my blood, Jesus says, and my judgment will pass over you. I will fight for you. I will keep you because you cannot keep yourself. I will hold you because you can't hold yourself. You're held in my hand, not yours. Nothing can pry open my fingers. You can't pluck yourself out. 
This is a promise of God. It's a promise of grace, of power. It's all down through scripture. The lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. The lamb. The lamb of God. A lamb. The lamb. Your lamb. Is he your lamb? Is he your lamb? Was he sacrificed for your safety? For your salvation? That is that his, his by his body gives you life and his blood gives you salvation. All down through we see the power of this, the might of this. Examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. The promise of the living God, which is the Savior of the whole world. Given himself because he so loved the world that he made, makes a way that anyone who would come to him, he'll no wise cast out. All those who believe on him will be saved. It's the power of this. Three words. Three words. Three words, I will keep. Now when we say something like that, well, I will keep it, it'll never fail. There's always the smattering of doubt. Because we know our limitations. We know that we can fail. We know that we can break promises. We know that when we swear something that we can wind up breaking it. But when Jesus, the Christ, the mighty God, manifests in the flesh, when the Lord God Almighty says the words, I will keep. You know that's written in eternal stone. He will never break it. He will no go, he'll never go back on that. And he says, this is the covenant in my blood. You know that that's what it is for all eternity. You know it'll never by, be by any other way. You know that that he will, it will always be so. The covenant of God. Not a contract, a covenant. It's grace, not works. It's grace, not righteous works. It's grace, not law keeping. It's grace, not us. It's all of him, nothing of me. See, again and again and again and again and again, as we go through the Gospels like this, when they do walkthroughs of the Gospels, how many times does it end up being a Gospel presentation, a salvation message? How many times? It's incredible. In everything that the Lord does, in everything that He says, there's a Gospel presentation. Why? Because that's the point. That's the whole point. That we are fallen in sin and we must be saved. And everything that the Lord does, in every way that the Lord works, and everything that the Lord says, is a presentation of His salvation, of His redemptive power, of His ability to save, of His ability to deliver, because we can't everything this is the purpose of the universe the promise of god unto all those that would believe because we've all fallen all have fallen away all have become corrupt there's none that doeth good no not one all are guilty our sins have separated us from god adam and eve their sins separated them from god and they were found in their shame and god made coats Adam and Eve didn't make coats. God made coats. Adam and Eve tried to use fig leaves. Their works, not good enough. God made coats of skins. The death and the shedding of blood of a lamb. Clothed them. 
explode their shame because it works you see it now the bible doesn't say that it was it was a sheep it was a lamb but you see by the application all down through what covers sin what covers sin the death and blood of a lamb what covers sin adam and eve be a lamb by the death of a lamb by the blood of the lamb their sin was covered they could stand before the lord no longer in their shame god made he says this is sufficient how i did it how i gave it now to commemorate this to commemorate how my judgment is no longer upon you to commemorate now how you have been brought back to me to commemorate what i've done for you that you keep this symbol you keep this as i've said the sacrifice of the death and blood of a lamb as a sacrifice for sin you keep that and now this is goes all the way up to israel now the passover the death and the blood of a lamb to commemorate god's passover how his judgment is no longer upon you now go to new testament what commemorates how our sins are forgiven and how the judgment of god passes over us the death and the blood of the lamb of god all down through it's what it's about i will keep this it's not no, it's not about well as long as you do the sacrifice right if you keep this right if you mark this right no no it's just just as i said says that what you're doing here is symbolic of what i've done it's not about what you're doing it's about what i've done will you accept this free gift and god offered adam and eve the free gift of coats Jesus offers us the free gift of the cloaks of righteousness. You see it. The pictures, the power, the promise, the glory of Jesus Christ. He says, I will keep. It's my, it's of, of my righteousness, of my mercy, of my grace, of what I've done. Not you. You are standing naked in your shame before God and your sin. And there's nothing you can do. Like Isaac, you're bound up on the altar. There's nothing you can do. Like Adam and Eve, you're trying to clothe yourself in your own works to the fig leaves of your own hands. There's nothing you can do. You're caught. God knows you've sinned. What is this that you have done? God says, what is this that you have done? There's nothing you can do. Death is coming. And there's nothing you can do. But then God tells you. God tells you, says, I will spare you. I will save you. I will pass over you. I will keep you. If you accept what I've prepared, what I've done, believe. Believe what I've said. Believe what I've said. And the blood of the lamb marked upon the doorpost. The blood of the lamb that now covers you. The blood of the Lamb of God that seals the heart of every believer will spare us from the judgment of the condemnation of God. All down through the entirety of the Word of God, in the volume of the book it is written of me, I will keep the Passover. Now, what do we do now that we have believed? What is the Passover of the saints? 
the cross of Jesus Christ, the empty tomb of Jesus Christ, his work, his death, shedding of blood, his burial, his resurrection. And we celebrate this like the Israelites commemorated the Passover of God on, in Egypt. We commemorate the Passover of the judgment of God upon the world by celebrating what Jesus Christ has done. He's delivered us. The communion table is the Passover meal, the Passover feast of the saints. Look at that. The promise of God. The promise of God. I will keep the Passover. Just a short one for today. Short as one hour, but that's short. But uh, short and sweet. It's to the point. It's powerful. I just want to, uh, to bring this up. Just to, something for you to see. To mull this over. Give this some thought. Watch this again. Rewind this. Share this around. If you appreciate these studies, please give this a like as a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. Hit notification bell icons. And we put up new videos and check out all our other videos. We've got tons and tons of other goodies and, and uh, content. As well as, please make sure you check out our website, christiancoffeetime.ca. We have links to all other platforms and goodies. As well as free downloadable gospel tracks and e-tracks and all the rest. And with that, I just uh, a message on the power of the grace of God, of his promise that God will keep us. It's his Passover. It's about him. It's about the blood on the doorposts. It's not about our works. It's about the lamb. It's about the lamb. It's about the lamb. As John the Baptist said, behold the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the sin. He, it's by his power that the Passover comes, not by anything that we do. The absolute ridiculous, ridiculousness and absurdity of the works-based Gospels. The cults that say, somehow it's in your hand too. That on one of the doorposts, it's your blood. It's just nonsense. It's the free gift of salvation. Of, of God fighting for us, him pass over, passing over us. It's by his blood, not ours. His works, not ours. So there you go. Hope it's been a help and comfort and encouragement to you. Please share this around. Share this message around. Share this with somebody. That, uh, as a reminder of the power of God, as we see yet another example, yet another example of salvation by grace. Amen. Amen. All God's people say amen. So there we go. Wrapped it up there. So thank you so much for joining, folks. God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. And as you see in the, the comments here, Jesus, the Lamb, God leads us in truth. Uh, uh, God's word is so wondrous and beautiful. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, thank you for, for your mercy, Lord. Amen. It's all, it's all about him. It's all about him. Nothing about us. Amen. So all hail King Jesus. It's all about him. So with that, hope this hope this has been a help and a comfort and encouragement to you. This is just seeing this is just we don't do it justice. We could go on this and preach on this and study this and praise this enough, but it it doesn't do it justice. Because it's so powerful, it's so mighty. But we do what we can. And with that, we don't keep it to ourselves, but we go and share it with others. Go share it with others. Go share this good news of Jesus Christ to someone else today. God bless you, folks. And with that, we wrapped up there. So thank you so much for joining in. God bless you.
God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.